Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. What makes a man a real man? Is it taking care of your loved ones? Is it being an honest individual, someone who lives up to their word? Is it making an effort to always be fair? Is it being true to yourself, comfortable in your own skin? Is it being humble but self-assured? Fuck no. A real man is all four-wheel drive, thick beard, whiskey, steak, and muscles. It's taking enough protein powder and steroids that every turd you drop should conceivably choke a hippo. It's Punisher Skull stickers on your F-150 Raptor. It's brandishing machine guns, shooting them in the air or at old cars in the desert. It's fucking every big titty chick within running distance and bragging about it to anyone that will listen. It's flaunting your wealth at every opportunity and farting in the general direction of any beta-ass soy boy you cross paths with. If you're stroking your righteous-ass beard and nodding along at this right now, you're probably a big fan of the subject of today's show, Dan Bilzerian, and... To save you a roid rage-induced stroke over the next hour or so, you should probably stop listening right now. Bilzerian seems to have become the poster man hero for an entire group of disaffected males who struggle every second of every day to avoid ever being called a cuck. His wild living, fortune spending, womanizing ways, all posted daily in high definition on social media, have made him the so-called king of Instagram. But is this self-described poker master and all-around badass's lifestyle an act, or is he the real deal? A dude that is just legitimately so archetypically masculine that he only appears to be a caricature. Is he all these things he purports to be, or is this all just a high-end grand charade by another dude who felt that his father didn't respect him enough? Well, put down your AR-15 with laser sight and extended magazine, take off that tactical combat belt so you can sit comfortably in your leather executive chair in your man cave, aka the spare bedroom, pour yourself three fingers of overpriced scotch, no ice you little bitch. And listen up while we dissect the reality of America's biggest chad on this episode of Asshole Court. Okay, so first of all, we want to give a big shout out to uh, one of our Instagram followers, Kate Theo, for uh, suggesting old Dan Bilzerian. So we really appreciate it. Hell yeah, Kate. Nice nice one there. Yeah, good good recommendation. Yeah. Excited to dive into this one. Absolutely. So let's get a preliminary scores. Who wants to go first? All right, I'll go first. So, Randy? I mean, if you are on Instagram, you know of Dan Bilzerian, right? Of he, course. He lives a life, uh, you know, outside looking in that there's a lot of dudes that wish they could live like him oh of course and i'm not gonna lie 
I kind of wish I had some of the things that sure. he uh, he's got right. Yeah, the, I'd like to have a yacht. And the shit yacht, like that. yeah, yeah, fun toys. Pro over poker there. player, like not real big into guns and all that shit. And but he is just like the poster boy for masculinity. You know, oh, what yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. It's like a tryhard version. You're absolutely, like, yeah. it is. absolutely, it is. The, the thing that I envy the most is. He's a pro poker player, mm-hmm. right? And I absolutely love to play poker, but I guess, you know, knowing a little bit about him, he's not necessarily the greatest pro poker player, mm-hmm. right? If you've got a bankroll from potentially a trust fund, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty easy to get into $10,000 buy-in tournaments sure. if uh, somebody else is footing the bill for you. Sure. sure. Um, but, you know, you described him in your intro reading, Mikey, as a Chad. I think that is a great description. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because at some point, dude, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Like, we get it. You're cool. You really think you're cool. Mm-hmm. Not everybody thinks you're that great. Yeah. That's yeah. for damn sure. Um, so on our scale of assholes, there's somebody I think he paired up quite well with, which was Jake Paul. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good, very that's a good, good parallel. Comparison. Absolutely. So we had Jake Paul at a 6.2. So I'm giving Dan Bilzerian a 6.3. Okay. Slightly more of an asshole. Slightly more of an asshole than Jake Paul. Than Jake Paul. That's okay. my pre-show score. Ooh, I okay. like that. All right. Buddy, Buddy what, what you got? got? All right. So for me, um, you know, I, I've i seen him on Instagram and, you know, of course, you've seen the posts of mm-hmm. him and it's, you know, everything. It's the, you know, the parties at the mansions mm-hmm. with nothing but, you know, the, the popular people or all mm-hmm. the hot chicks and stuff like that. There's the, uh, you know, the trips. You see him everywhere. It's out in the desert on go-karts or dune buggies and stuff like that. So, I mean, it looks like he's having a lot of fun out there and I don't have any problem with that. Anybody that wants to go out there and do their things like you spend your money your way. Cool. Even Mm -hmm. if you want to brag about it online, Hey, that's the name of the game that we are here in like in this Mm -hmm. day and age. So, you know, go ahead and flaunt it. That's, you know, that's all good. I have the right not to watch it. Mm -hmm. There you go. You know, I'm interested to find out in this show does, you know, is he the same on screen and off screen? Mm -hmm. You know, this is, you know, we're here at asshole court and I think that this dude is a big asshole. It just I get the feeling of it. That's what my gut feeling tells me. And I think that he's like, you know, a dickhead to all of his friends behind the scenes. But then like, all right, everybody smile. We're going to, you know, take the video now. And, you know, that's what I, 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 I picture of this guy. And I hate that kind of personality mm-hmm. that that dude that's just an asshole to everybody and makes you feel like a dick. You're, you're lucky to be around here, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think that's who he is. So that I'm. Hoping he's not, but I think that's who he is, uh, pre-show. So, um, pre-show, I'm going to be around in the same ballpark with Randy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with a 6.5 on the jump off. I don't think he's killed anybody, but I do think he is probably a massive douche. So, we'll see if my score holds by the end of the show. Okay. <clears throat> All right, Mikey. Um, so, I, you know, I hate teenagers in general. And uh, teenage <laughs> boys are just inherently douches. I hate if I could go back in time, I'd kick my own ass. <laughs> of course. Uh, and I feel like he is a teenage boy writ large. Like this is what like if you if you had gone back in time to me and been like, how do you want to live your life as a, as a man? I'd have been like, Dan Bilzerian. <laughs> um, everything he does feels like just like I said, he's a fucking try hard. Like, you know, and the thing is, like, honestly, if that's your lifestyle, and you're like, I'm cool with that. If you really are just like, this is what I love to do. But I just always get the sense that he's he's um you know he's 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 putting off like he's has a character in his mind that he's playing instead yeah. of just being himself. It's okay to do things without putting it on the internet too. Exactly. Like, yeah. And, I, and I'm not a I don't oversharing to me is one of those things where I I makes me hate 
social media a lot. I'm just like, some of the stuff you can just leave your on yourself, you know, like you don't have to like try to make it seem like it's a candid shot. of Right. Every um, time you go to the gym, you post it. Every yeah. time you go to the fucking grocery store, nobody you should it, ever. Right? This is a rule here. Nobody should ever post your gym shit. Nobody yeah. cares. <laughs> yeah. Nobody fucking cares. Even your wife, even if she's happy for you that you're getting in shape, she doesn't care what it takes. Just stop, you know, and people that literally like are filming themselves at the gym all the time. Like, stop, dude. It's weird. It's very strange. Don't show me what you ate for dinner. I don't give a fuck. Oh, we have a, a guy that, uh, you know, friends of ours, but he posts a lot of pictures online with his shirt off. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. I can't. don't like it. You should <sighs> never push. You're just a grown stop. man. Yeah. Well, honestly, after after the age of like, I don't know, 12, like you should just always have a shirt on as a man, I think. You know <laughs> I think uh, even before the age of 12, you should have a shirt on. Well, when you're a kid, you're like running around the yard. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, yeah, well, what's your, I don't know. So, so what you're saying is you like shirtless boys under 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to joke around on that one, man. All right. So I'm, I, uh, we digress, obviously. Um so I, I, I think that uh, Randy brought up a good point with the parallel with Jake Paul, but I'm going to go ahead and just round them off at a six to start. All right. All right. With a 6.3 from Randy, a 6.5 from Buddy, and a 6.0 from Mikey, Dan Bilzarian's pre-show asshole score is a 6.3. Okay. All right. Sounds pretty fitting. Right, right around the Jake Paul level. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. I'd say so. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys... Uh, Ready to juice up and roid out and fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah! Sounds good to me. All right. Fuck yeah! <laughs> so to start, I'll note here that most people in the world probably don't know much or anything at all about Dan Bilzerian. It's not like he's an A-list guy, you know what I'm saying? Odds are that a lot of the people listening maybe have never even heard of this guy. But if you're a teenage boy or a man-child, you probably not have only heard of Bilzerian, but regale anyone that will listen with the amazing Paul Bunyan-esque tale of Dan Bilzerian's life. And that autobiographical tale is basically, Dan Bilzerian was born in Tampa, Florida in 1980, a full-size man with a beard and a solid three-lift total. <laughs> His dad was a great businessman, though the two weren't very close. But after high school, Dan wanted to go a different route from his father, not business. He wanted to become a Navy SEAL following the 9-11 attacks. He goes through SEAL training, not once, but twice, due to an initial injury. But unfortunately, he gets screwed right at the end by an instructor that doesn't like him. And he gets booted out just two days shy of graduating. Hmm. That sounds yeah. sus. It sounds like a story he made up, but hmm. it wasn't me. It was that it was that uh, that officer. Sounds like something my son would tell me. I got an F on this test because my teacher sucks. Hey, my teacher hates me. <laughs> yeah. Who else Fuck that school. I'm out of here. How many other kids got Fs? None. <laughs> oh, so you just got singled out. Yes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I really made a 1600 on my SAT, dad. Yeah, but they cheated me. <laughs> Whole SAT system, man. It's a sham. Uh, after this, he exits the Navy and starts college at the University of Florida, which is uh, Randy's favorite school. Boom. <laughs> Where he also begins playing poker. And sleeping with his cousin and growing a mullet, because that's what they do at the University <laughs> and of Florida. Jean shorts. And jean <laughs> oh, wow. Shorts. Yeah. Sorry to any of our University of Florida fans. Yeah, we all know that your mascot isn't a gator, but actually a pair of torn jean shorts. <laughs> and, and Doral Six. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, sort of. Uh, he struggles initially, but quickly becomes a poker master and starts playing as a career. And not just in like a, you know, it pays the bills type of career, but rather one that makes him like millions and millions of dollars. One of the recent claims was he had a net worth of $200 million. Being rich from poker affords him a lifestyle that others can only dream of. And 
thanks to the advent of social media and his willingness to display his lifestyle of cool cars, models, mansions, private planes, and machine guns, he quickly becomes known as the king of Instagram. Trademark. Well, <laughs> and two, you get paid, as we all know, heavily from social media shit. Mm-hmm. So the more followers you get, the more ads they put on, the more money you make. So. Yeah, we're fucking millionaires right now because of, we have, I think, 100 followers on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you guys going to really step your game up and help us out and live that Dan Bilzerian lifestyle, guys. Come on, guys. <laughs> guys and gals. Every day, Bilzerian lets everyone into his insane lifestyle. And that lifestyle and the celebrity it creates turbocharges career beyond just poker. It's like a it's like a feedback loop at that point, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, dude parties so fucking hard that he survived a couple of party-induced heart attacks before he's even 32. And he's so devil-may-care and cool that he doesn't change his lifestyle at all, dude. Two heart attacks before 32? Yeah. When it's my time to go, it's going to be my time to go. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> After one health scare, he left the hospital against medical advice and decided to go for a long run. Uh, probably also a solid model fuck sesh because this dude definitely fucks. Anyway, I just envision him in the hospital waking up and be like, I'm out of here and yeah. pulling the tubes out of himself. And, yeah. yeah. And then he went out and he posted on Instagram, like Instagram or some shit like that. And he was like, I'm about to go run for a mile. I bet anybody a million dollars that I don't die. And I was like, OK, well, well how are you going to pay up if you do? Yeah. I'm like, can I pay a million dollars for you today? <laughs> I'll start the down payment right now. <laughs> Three easy installment payments. Watch Dan Bilzerian die of a heart attack outside. I'm just kidding. I don't really hate the guy. I just, you know, he just seems like a douche to me. But anyways, that's the gist. That's the gist of his life, right? And suddenly, all around the globe, dickless dudes who are insecure try to counteract that insecurity by exhibiting a supercharged idea of masculinity and breaking everyone into alpha and beta categories. Well, they found their ultimate alpha. I wouldn't be surprised to find some of them buying action Dan dolls and playing with them in their bathtubs with a Bilzerian boat, <laughs> like a toy yacht equivalent of the Barbie Corvette. Got little Barbies on the side, like, yeah. gonna pick them up. Yeah, well, come on over here, dude. I'm eating my protein bowl, and I'm gonna fuck all y'all. <laughs> on my boat yacht. <laughs> the Bilzerian <laughs> boat. Like, they're definitely not gay, but, you know, if the opportunity presented itself, they'd let Bilzerian pound out their dookie shoot, and it would somehow make them even more alpha, like, transitively or something. Like, he's injecting them with his superior alpha formula. Kind of like when a vampire bites somebody and brings them under <laughs> their right. wing. That's right. You know? That's right. That's they turn more into Dan Bilzerian <laughs> yeah. once he pounds their butt. Yeah. Their beard just starts growing as he's fucking That's them. Exactly like, right. This is incredible. Their fucking bank account is just <laughs> multiplying. The chicks are flocking. Their butthole's really sore. <laughs> yeah, because he's obviously got a monster hog on him there's no way he doesn't and it's uh, it's whenever he wants at that point you know <laughs> yeah. like there's no like wait a minute i'll be back in a little bit no it's well, well and because he's half armenian that dude probably has to trim up probably oh, good totally or two or three times a week just yeah. to keep it from looking <laughs> he's like, like a built-ass ron jeremy he comes on command <laughs> <laughs> but whatever honestly to be fair you know Maybe Bilzerian is the real deal, right? Like, just because his fanboys are total douche dorks doesn't mean that Bilzerian is one of them. Or does it? It's just that maybe it's just who he attracts. Yeah. But, you know, maybe he is a douche dork. Because over the years, claims that Bilzerian is an asshole and or a fabulist has started to leak out. And to call Bilzerian polarizing as a pop culture celebrity is an understatement of the highest order. So... Let's take a deeper dive into these claims that he makes, and you can make the decision on Bilzerian's honesty or lack thereof. Now, full disclosure and disclaimer. The research done here relies almost entirely on sources that I 
wouldn't say are ideal. I mean, it doesn't mean that their claims are untrue, but I'll fully admit that I don't love having to use them. Uh, but I'm pretty much forced to use sources like grunge.com and fucking celeb answers because more disciplined outlets aren't spending more than a couple hundred words on a dude like Bilzerian. He just hasn't done anything that important or impactful unless you consider taking a bunch of pictures eating sushi off an Instagram model's butt important. <laughs> He's kind of like the living embodiment of the Wolf of Wall Street's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Yeah, Jordan Belfort. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Business Insider hasn't done a deep dive. On- they have stuff on him, but it's always sort of related to like net worth and stuff like that. They never really talk about. Like CNBC's had him on for stuff like that, but it, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into that in a little bit for sure. Yeah, Joe Rogan's had him on a time or two. And- Who has Joe Rogan not had on? <laughs> this way, you know what I'm saying? Us. It's like, yeah, it's true. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Where you at, bro? <laughs> yeah. At Joe Rogan Podcast. <laughs> so please feel free to take everything <clears throat> that you're about to hear with a grain of salt, right? I'll be honest. Like, the sources aren't ideal. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, let's get into all the claims that make Dan Bilzerian a name familiar to millions of people, specifically the three legs of the Bilzerian as great man stool. One, that he's basically a special forces level badass. Two, that he's a world class poker player. And three, that he's fabulously wealthy because of his world class poker abilities. And that's how he affords his wicked awesome lifestyle. Fuck yeah. First, we have to address the badass cachet of Bilzerian's experience in SEAL training. As Bilzerian explains, quote, I did 510 days of SEAL training. I finished the whole program twice. I was two days to graduation. I did the whole thing, and I did the whole thing two times, end quote. So two and a half years of SEAL training is pretty fucking badass, considering how famously grueling it is. Yeah, isn't it the most extensive like military training there is for the most part? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty serious. And I'll be honest, the dude's built like a shithouse. No, he does, absolutely he is. is. put together, yeah. yeah. And yeah, he did get booted right at the end. But he wasn't at all phased with that anyways, because he actually didn't really like the military. Quote, I was so over the whole thing. Like, to me, in my mind, okay, like, I've checked this box. You know, I did SEAL training. I finished this. To me, it was okay. I climbed Mount Everest, you know. I've done what I came to do, which is pretty fucking alpha, right? It was just like a challenge, you know what I'm saying? Like doing a 5K or a Tough mutter on the weekend to us lowly betas. <laughs> Trouble is that this is a verifiable exaggeration. While it is true that Bilzerian was in the Navy and did start SEAL training, his statement of having gone through twice and only getting screwed at the end is a half-truth at best. Dan's claim that he was just two days from graduating SEAL training is total horseshit. Here's the deal. SEAL training has three stages. The first stage is known as BUDS training, right? Which is short for Basic Underwater Demolition SEAL Training. It's a 24-week course. After that, you're on to three weeks of parachute jump school. And then the final round is SQT, or SEAL Qualification Training, and that's 26 weeks. Only after completing SQT are you awarded your SEAL Trident. Bilzerian flunked out of BUDS twice. He wasn't even halfway through the totality of SEAL training. So So he was like in the first stage both times? First stage, both times. Shit, I read a story this week about a young man that died in BUDS training. It happens a lot. Yeah, Well, I don't say a lot, but it does happen. Yeah. And to be fair to Bilzerian here... The dropout rate, even in buds, is like seventy percent. I could see that. Yeah, they it's damn nuts. near drown you. Like, yeah, I don't think they, they have the technically th- drown you and then yeah. pull you back up? Yeah, yeah, they like you have your arms tied behind your back, maybe even your feet tied, and you just got to keep on bobbing for like an hour or something they, like that. They they do some some intense shit. Like I said, Hell Week is for real. You know what I mean? Like I was actually looking at one point when I was like running a lot too, because I was like, oh cool, you know, I want to be a seal. No, no, oh, I was no. I was never gonna be a seal. But I looked at like what their required run rate was or whatever. And I run races all the time and shit yeah, like that absolutely and i still i couldn't do it yeah I, even even as like and i you know i i place in races and shit and i still and they run in boots you run in fucking boots and like camo pants and like and you their timing is insane dude 
your mother wears combat boots. Yeah. <laughs> if she was a SEAL, that'd be pretty solid, right? <laughs> um, but like I said, so I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from him, but he's certainly like his story of like, oh, dude, I was done. I already did fucking SEAL training twice. Yeah, no, you didn't, dude. No, yeah. you didn't. Uh, and also because he was talking about like, oh, dude, I got dropped, admin dropped by my instructor because he didn't like me. I didn't even know that was a thing, dude. He almost makes it sound like he completed everything and then got there to where they were going to hand him the mm-hmm. medal, you know, the qualify or like yeah, the letter. The trident, yeah. And he was like, no, nah, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. The truth is they looked it up and he actually got booted out for a, uh, a violation on the firing range. So then someone pointed out too, they're like, dude, if you're at that point where you're almost two days away from getting through buds and they drop you, it's because you fucked up. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? They already have invested. They're they're already invested in you. It, at this that's point. exactly right. This one guy was talking about. It. He was like, they call seals the million dollar men because it costs about a million dollars to train a single one of them. So he's like halfway there. They just dropped, uh, you know, the quarter million dollar man. Yeah, and then twice, he, and yeah. he does something fucked up on the gun range, which. You know, you see his Instagram videos. I can totally see this guy being a dipshit on the gun range. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, on a side note, I found a funny secondhand anecdote from some rando on the internet regarding Bilzerian's training time as a SEAL, right? And of course, like I have no way of verifying this, so definitely feel free to be skeptical on the veracity of this story, but it's just too funny to leave out. Quote, he was a self-absorbed ass. He made it to third phase, and during a night evolution, he fell asleep in the field, and when they were recalled for muster, he wasn't there. He then tried to blame his classmates that they didn't come wake him up. He has friends in the teams, or ex-team guys, some like him or at least his money, and to party with. His class, however, did not like him. He was dropped and never finished. That was the last straw, and they made a song about it for the final class skits to the tune of Can't Find Bilzerian instead of Pearl Jam's song Can't Find a Better Man. <laughs> Can't, Can't find Bilzerian. Bilzerian. He fell asleep. <laughs> he don't know how to muster. Buster. Yeah, dude. Can't find Bilzerian. Can't uh, find Bilzerian. <laughs> Tired of commercials in the middle of your asshole court episodes? Do you want to say in the next show's subject or the next conspiracy we discuss? Well, now you can. Go to patreon.com and find us at AHC Podcast. Get those ad-free shows you want, get some input on who you want to hear about, and become internet famous with a shout-out on one of our shows. We've even got stickers and swag to show off to all your friends, and you'll get all of our new conspiracy court episodes. Go to patreon.com today and find us at AHC Podcast. After this, I couldn't find much about the details of his discharge from the Navy, but based on his comments, it sounds like he was discharged due to injury and received an honorable discharge. He said, like in an interview, I found that he had broken his legs in training and decided to run two miles on said broken legs to force a medical discharge. So I, I don't know, but, <laughs> but I, like, I broke my legs and then ran for two miles to get discharged. Well, hang on, I, I got a story, not like that, yeah. but uh, <laughs> my son plays football. And um, called me one day during practice, and he's mm-hmm. like, I hurt my leg, I hurt my leg. Mm-hmm. And I get to the practice field, and he's like, nah, it really hurts, it really hurts. And I was like, dude, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, you can sit out the rest of this practice. You little bitch. But he played for the next two weeks <clears throat> and then two games, and yeah. finally, like, he came home and was in tears. He's like, my leg hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. Took him to the ER. He had a broken tibia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the man. Small, the small bone in the lower mm. portion of your leg. Yeah. Oh. It wasn't a clean break, though. It was just like a, a no, hairline. It was, it was broken. Oh. Yeah. Completely across? Yeah, absolutely. God. It was. A, <laughs> yeah. 
And well, in two weeks he's walking around so, on this. So my son, you know, played football with a broken leg two yeah. weeks in a row. I was about to say because I was going to make year. I was going <laughs> to make fun of Bilzerian and say that it was a load of shit, but maybe it's possible. <laughs> well, it's probably you know, like I said, there's just two bones yeah, yeah. in your lower leg, the big one, but it was the small little ancillary yeah. bone, yep. tibia, yeah. tibula, yeah. yeah, tibia cracked right through it. Man. Yeah, I can't imagine having two broken legs and being like, I'm just going to run this shit out, though, dude. I don't know. But maybe it happened. I, I get know. blisters on my feet and I give up. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Anyway, like I mentioned earlier, he, he takes that discharge and an alleged 6000 a month in disability allowance as a veteran and heads to the University of Florida. And while Bilzerian likes to occasionally talk about how his gambling initially almost drove him to the poorhouse, he also loves to talk about how good he became at poker shortly thereafter. As he put it recently in an interview with Jordan Belfort of Wolf of Wall Street scam <laughs> artist fame, quote, when I was in my heyday of playing 2010, 2012, I would say I was probably, eh, if you factor in like table image, understanding other people, how they're going to play against you, exploiting them in spots, being able to get maximum value out of your hands, being able to get people to play really poorly against you. If you factor all that in and not just straight like fundamentals, I would say that I was a nine or a 10. So he was a perfect or at least a near perfect player for a while, he claims. Give me a poker player that thinks the opposite. Uh, yeah, well, I don't play a lot of poker, but I'm not great at it. But uh, shit, I'll tell you sometimes. I'll have a good night at the tables. The next night you go back and you make a mistake. Yeah. yeah. And you sit and like after you watch your money go away, you're like, God damn it. I yeah. made a mistake. I didn't play perfect. You've got yeah. to be a little bit of self-awareness. Take it, learn from it, and don't yeah, do it again. But. Certainly. Yeah, and the and I think that the the diligence that it takes to do that consistently, I mean, I'm not trying to stereotype Dan Bilzarian, but he doesn't look like the guy that has the mental capacity to keep doing that. Well, he got through SEAL training twice, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, the only verifiable fact about Bilzarian's poker career is that he did indeed finish in the money in the 2008 World Series of Poker main event. He got 180th place, earning a little over 36000 bucks. So. Put that, solid accomplishment. Yeah, put that in perspective. There's usually four to five thousand people mm -hmm. that enter into these tournaments. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I mean that's like top one percent. Oh, that's solid. Yeah. yeah. You, know? you can crack top five hundred. You did pretty well in the tournament. That you play for days. Yeah. yeah. It's multiple days of ten, twelve yeah. hours a day. It takes a lot of grinding. Oh yeah. yeah. And a lot of luck. Yep. Yeah. Like you've got you to get, get lucky a few times. But yeah, but your your table your poker skills are gonna keep you in it. Yeah. And you know, to get in the money, that's it's a marathon. Not bad. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 100%. not a hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. Like I said, I mean it's a pretty solid accomplishment, and like no matter which way you slice it. But the gap between $36,000 and a couple hundred millions of dollars in poker winnings is pretty wide. Yeah. Bilzerian claims, for example, to have made $50 million in one year from playing poker. So a lot of the cash games that are played, you never they're, they're not on TV, mm -hmm. but they're at these high roller poker rooms in some of the big casinos mm -hmm. out in Vegas. And you'll get big, big names out there. Oh, sure. You'll get billionaire hedge fund guys playing. Yeah. Um, you always hear about how much people win. Mm -hmm. You don't really ever hear about how much people lose. Oh, yeah. Yep, night absolutely. Table. I know he made a claim at one point. Oh, the most I've ever lost was $3 million. Yeah. If you've lost, if you won 50 million in a year, mm -hmm. you lost. Mm -hmm. I would be willing to bet more than half of that, mm -hmm. you know, at this in the same year. Yeah. 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 You pretty much almost got a times by three what he said, what he says he lost. Right. You know, right. to get an I actual reading of I, it. Well, and we're going to get into this, but I don't, I don't think this guy copped 50 million in, in a year off playing poker. Nah. Nah. You know I mean, like, yeah. I don't, I mean, like the best guys, Phil Ivey's and stuff like that, like they're, they're making tons of money, but like $50 million in one year is, that's insane. Bananas. I mean, right. if he did, you know, good for him, but it just seems like a bit of a stretch. 
Yeah. Uh, when you also understand like all those people like Phil Ivey yeah. and yeah. Uh, Daniel Negreanu and stuff like yeah. that. Eric Seidel. Yeah, the guys, again, you see him on TV and you're like, that guy? Mm-hmm. What a fucking dork. You're yeah. like, yeah, that guy can fucking... Man, yeah, yeah, that guy's richer than your whole family yeah. put together. Yeah. That dude literally has a master class on master class yeah. about this, you yeah. know, and what are you doing there, partner? Mm-hmm. You know. Now, truth be told, I don't know enough about poker to be a judge whether he's like legitimately good or not. I mean, I feel like you have to at least be somewhat decent to make it into the money in a WSP main event. But that being said, there have been some pros who have criticized this play. Like after watching a live stream of Bilzerian's game, poker pro Doug Polk criticized Bilzerian's abilities in a YouTube video he released stating, quote, all in all, I wouldn't have said he played all that great. On the Internet, he's a fish in the water. A number of commenters agreed, including one who said he isn't a great player. I don't think a single person who knows the basics of poker thinks that he is a good player. So give you an idea about who Doug Polk is. Mm-hmm. He challenged Daniel Negreanu yeah. to a heads up tournament for twenty five million dollars mm-hmm. over a year. Yep. And, and he, won. He beat him. Yeah. Yeah. He beat I actually, because that's why I was like, I didn't know who Doug Polk was. And I had to like look him up because I was like, is this just some fucking Joe Schmo that has a YouTube channel? It's like a pro. And then, yeah, I looked it up and I was like, okay. And then I, I read about him beating Daniel Negreanu. I was like, well, I do know Daniel Negreanu. Yeah. And obviously he's uh, one of the all time greats. And 100%. Some people are better at heads up play. Yeah. And Polk's a great heads up player. Probably the best all time is Phil Helmuth. Yeah. You put Phil Helmuth yeah. heads up against anybody, my money every, all day, every day would be on yeah. Helmuth. Yeah, that guy 100%. Is unbelievable. Yeah. So Doug Polk's legit. Yeah. So all day. 100% all day. legit. But I mean, you can look at it from also two ways. You know, if if we're sitting here imagining Dan going up against guys like Daniel Negreanu and Phil Ivey and stuff like that, in our minds, I think that he's getting his money taken from him all the time. Mm-hmm. But if Dan's doing a lot of these like poker games at home or, you know, he's written like a big suite yeah. or something and like just playing a bunch of chads just mm-hmm. like him. I mean, it's possible that he is, you know, pulling out some decent money. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, to be fair, Bill Zarian has made the argument that he made his money by playing rich people that aren't very good at poker and not by beating the best poker players in the world. Yeah. He also yeah. claims that some of those millions he made came from uh, staking other pro players. So. Mm-hmm. Like I said, who knows? And that happens a lot. You yeah. know, pro players will stake people mm-hmm. in the World Series of Poker because, I mean, like to them, what's $10,000 for the potential upside of oh, yeah, sure. 25%, 30%, 40% of your winnings? Yeah, yeah they even have $100,000 buy ins. Yeah. 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 And like I said, Bill Zarian is certainly better than me. But, you know, Randy and Buddy here are, are more serious about poker. So I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if you guys would say Dan's better than you guys. I don't know if you've ever watched him Never play. Never even seen him play. Yeah. Never seen him play. I see yeah. he's got a really aggressive style or whatever, which. Which, and I mean, like. That. I love aggressive yeah. players. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you're playing against other poker players, you know, that's it. You get put in your place really quickly. But if you're not, you can bully your way to a, a big stack really quick. Mm-hmm. And then, man. Then you wait and bust that motherfucking ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful feeling. Uh, but Polk made a, a, a different point, like a bigger point, and this is one that I think is worth exploring, because I can't say whether or not Dan Bilzerian is a good poker player, but I can say I don't think he's made himself independently wealthy from poker, and neither does Polk, and neither does a lot of, uh, a lot of people. <clears throat> and why is that? Well, let's take a look back at his businessman dad, Paul Bilzerian. Paul Bilzerian wasn't some good businessman in the sense that he owned a couple of Chick-fil-A's or a McDonald's or a local bank. No. Tell me you own some strip clubs. Paul Bilzerian was what is known as a corporate raider. If you're not familiar with what a corporate raider is, basically in the 70s, 80s, and somewhat in the 90s, a number of people like Carl Icahn or Paul Bilzerian, amongst others, began executing what became known as hostile takeovers of public companies. Run in with a gun. Right. <laughs> Get the fuck down! The guy goes, like, Give me all the stocks! All the stocks in the bag! Like this point, is like heat. It's like point break, yeah. <laughs> 
The game works like this, like to some extent. A group of investors will pull cash together and begin purchasing shares of a company, usually quietly at first. The goal is to eventually own a majority ownership in the company, which allows the investors to make major decisions regarding the company's direction and finances. This could include things like removing some or all of the board members and executives. In the most cynical efforts, the Raiders load up on debt to purchase the majority of shares, known as a leveraged buyout or an LBO. Once they've achieved the majority shares that they need, they sometimes make the necessary moves to effectively strip the company's assets to pay off the debt they incurred to acquire the company. This could be selling properties, equipment, or even raiding things like employee pension funds. Ooh. Didn't know catchers Mitt Romney uh, well, yeah, play yeah. this game a little bit too? Yeah, and that's because it's... It got legitimized later on. Um, That's how I always refer to him as Catcher's, Catcher's Mitt Romney. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Once the debt is cleared, it's possible to sell off the remaining shell of the company and pocket the money. Yep. Now, this is an admittedly like very simplified explanation, and not all LBOs are necessarily like nefarious, and even more, the model eventually becomes sort of legitimized as like private equity, which, like I said, Mitt Romney did with Bain Capital and stuff like that. But, like I said, Bain Capital has definitely has a couple of... Uh, fucking scalps that they took like yeah. uh ampad and stuff like that almost title loan ish uh yeah in a sense well and, and you make i mean like i said it's a, it's a very cynical play because you're like okay i'm gonna borrow a fucking ton of money i'm gonna like the, the the company does not want you to take over you know what i'm saying so it's crazy to watch the stuff go down like i saw i remember it was probably 10 years ago carl icon was trying to do this to clorox and like the absolute panic they were like fuck no oh god there was like a hostile takeover thing because like i said you get a guy like that it comes in there and they just strip the assets out of it or whatever you yeah know what I mean? like they're not like oh, i'm gonna make improvements you have what's called activist investors like guys like bill ackman or something like that where they're like i'm gonna come in there and like honestly i think these are things that we can do to make this company better but i'm gonna hold the the, the shares for a long time i think it's a long-term investment it's not like straight up like it's called vulture capitalism for a reason you of know course what I'm um, either way, it's it's super fascinating, and if you do have an interest in that period that like Paul Bilzerian was operating in, there's a book called Barbarian at the Gates about the hostile takeover of RJR and Nabisco in the late 80s. Mm. Anyway, Paul Bilzerian launched a number of takeover bids, including Cluett Peabody and Company, Hammermill Paper Company, Pay and Pack Stores, Allied Stores, and the Singer Corporation. Now, to keep it somewhat short, like the problem is that Paul Bilzerian went well beyond just ethically questionable. He straight up broke the law, was found guilty in 1993 of nine counts including conspiracy, making false statements, and securities law violations, did prison time, and was ordered by the SEC to pay back the money that he had made in his illegal takeover attempts to the tune of $62 million. Oh, wow. That's just restitution right there. Like, ouch. But as of just a couple of years ago, Paul had only paid back a total of $3.7 million of it. Following the judgment... Paul had allegedly set up a complex web of shell companies and offshore accounts and put these accounts in his wife and children's names. Paul also set up trust funds for his sons, Dan and Adams. One lawyer discussing the nature of the Bilzerian financial web set up by Paul for him and his family wrote that the family's finances were, quote, like an onion. The more layers you peel down, the more it stinks and makes you cry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, Dan will admit to his father having set up a trust fund for him, even using it to brandish his mental poker expertise, saying one time, quote, the bulk of my career, I leaned on the whole trust fund thing and had everyone thinking I was a trust fund idiot. And if people want to believe that, I really don't give a fuck. But he also claims that the trust fund didn't even come into play personal balance sheet wise until the past year or so, adding, quote, my thing was I made money playing poker. And my trust fund didn't kick in until I was 35. And I didn't even cash it in until I was 39. And there was other times, too, where he was like, I gave it to my brother. I don't even need it. Now, here's the thing. 
Most trusts that I've heard of usually begin to pay out, at least partially, when the recipient turns 25. Because parents want the child to go through college and then start off life set, like mm-hmm. to buy a house, whatever it is, right? Yeah, and we'll also let them let their frontal lobe fully develop before we give them a large sum of cash. Correct. Maybe Paul set Dan up for a payout beginning at 35, but that's like a strange setup is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's you know? weird. Yeah. There's no way of really knowing, but I, you know, like I said, most of the time it's 25. What's more, if we assume that like so many other trusts out there, Bilzerian begins receiving payouts at 25, then that would put the money flow beginning around the time he went to the University of Florida around 2005, 2006. Where he became so rich playing poker. That's right. <laughs> now, I'm a self-made man, people. It. Now, remember that he was talking about how he had a military disability of roughly $6,000 a month when he started at UF? Well, I looked up the military disability pay rate. As of right now, if you're 100% disabled, basically a fucking vegetable, the average payout is about $3,300 a month. Okay, because when you said 6000 yep. earlier, I was like, God damn, 72 yeah. grand a, a year? I know. Yeah. I was like, let me go break my legs in the military. Pay me, shit. You can hit me with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. Not in the head, though. Yeah. So like, it seems really odd that Bill Zarian, a dude that is obviously not in horrible physical condition, would receive twice the amount of disability as the equivalent of the dude from that Metallica 1 video. <laughs> <laughs> and more than that, considering the payments were coming about 15 years ago. So yeah. with inflation, yeah. that's like today they're saying 3300 if you're a fucking vegetable. He's God, saying six thousand. That was like, yeah, I mean, that would be, you know, just upward, just up a little bit. But I mean, yeah. you're still saying like eight thousand dollars, nine thousand yeah. dollars. So it sounds a lot like to me, it's the beginning uh, trickle of a trust fund starting to pay out, which is fine. I don't care. Right. But it's pretty fucking lame to deny it and like try to make yourself look like a self-made man. Like, I fucking hate that shit. Honestly, dude, I gave my life to the government yeah. and then they were paying me back. And then I just made this fortune off. Yeah, of that. just uh, fucking sad about six thousand. They were writing me a check because I fucking hurt my legs in SEAL training, bro. Nah, I can look this up. I can actually <laughs> look up what the payouts are. Lieutenant Dan wasn't making that much. Yeah, ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lieutenant Dan Bilzerian. <laughs> What are you guys, twins? <laughs> That's my dad. All right. But whatever, right? Because he's like still rich as fuck, right? According to some, like I said, $200 million net worth. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't mind showing it off, right? He's all over Instagram and private jets and yachts and all the like familiar ultra wealthy accoutrement. Well, not so fucking fast. Because a new lawsuit laid out by the former CEO of Bilzerian's company, Prestige Worldwide. I'm sorry. What? I mean, uh, oh Ignite International. <laughs> Ignite International. Uh, which builds enterprise software as a service products. I'm kidding. They sell CBD oil and vapes and energy drinks and shit. There because, of go. course, they do. <laughs> that sounds a little bit more on brand. <laughs> In an article that I found hilariously titled, quote, Dan Bilzerian is a renter and someone else pays his credit card bills. The cases argued <laughs> that Bilzerian's wealth is nothing more than a house of cards. Highlights included in the lawsuit discuss like Dan Bilzerian rents his house and charges the rest of his six-figure lifestyle to a credit card that someone else pays off. Now, what's funny is CNBC had him on when he supposedly bought this house. It was a sixty-five million dollar home in in like the Hollywood Hills or somewhere. Oh like wow, sixty-five right, right. million. They, wow. They CNBC had him on. And they're like, you know, there was uh, what's his name, the the shark guy, the bald fucking asshole, Kevin what's O'Leary. It? Yeah, yeah. Kevin O'Leary was like walking through his house and he was like asking him questions and he was like, oh, I don't know. He's like, you have to like talk to my uh, accountant about all that stuff, man. I'm just here to party. Or whatever. <laughs> well, what's funny is ultimately when this came out was that he was renting this house. 
He never owned it. So he lied on CNBC. CNBC had to come back out and retract it. And they were like, he said he owned the shit. He never owned this. He's been renting it. It's $200,000 a month. A month? Jeez, a month. Jeez, gosh. Yeah, the lease on his home in the ritzy Los Angeles Hills, $200,000 a month. Dan Bilzerian does not pay his rent, right? The house and everything else, the models, the flights, the yachts, is charged to the corporate tab of Ignite International Limited, the company Bilzerian founded and serves as CEO and majority shareholder. One executive for the company speaking anonymously said, quote, Ignite pays for everything, models, events, yachts. Dan would just have it wrapped with the Ignite logo, and all of a sudden it was an Ignite expense, and he would send them the bill. Pools, trampolines, his personal events that had nothing to do with the business at all. How much money is Ignite making? We're going to get into that, right? All right. It's a tax write-off. Well, uh, what's a tax write-off, Dan? You know, you just, you just write it off. off. That was actually the question that Kevin O'Leary asked him. He was like, can you just expense all this stuff? Since it's like part of your lifestyle or whatever. And he was like, oh, you have to talk to my accountant about that. I don't know. <laughs> According to the suit, accountants flagged uh, $843,000 and 14 or whatever. It's basically $850,000 in company expenses that appeared to be personal in nature. These included payments for charges racked up on one of Dan Bilzerian's credit cards, a half million dollar yacht rental, a six figure two night trip to London, a $65,000 four elements gun in Star Wars set, a, <laughs> swear to God, what? a $50,000 $50, bed frame, a $75,000 paintball field, uh, and $88,000 vault to name a few. The company also paid $26,000 to boost Bilzerian's Instagram followers and paid for the travel expenses of the rotating cast of models that permanently accompany Bilzerian wherever he goes. But hey, Prestige Worldwide, I mean, Ignite International <laughs> Limited is a lifestyle brand at the end of the day, and that lifestyle is dance. And the people buying it, the dudes that think growing a beard and drinking whiskey is a reasonable substitute for a personality, the ones that read books like the Unplugged Alpha, The No Bullshit Guide to Winning with Women in Life, which, yes, is a real fucking book. Oh my well, gosh. <laughs> all these dorks eat his lifestyle exposition up. So if that makes the brand profitable, then it's all in the game, right? Oh my God. So a couple things to unpack there. I have a beard and I like whiskey. Yeah. But that book title just yeah. makes me fucking cringe. I looked it up on Amazon. <laughs> God, and the t- oh, fuck. You think the title's bad? You should read the chapters, oh, I'm dude. I'm sure. I'm sure. What's the title again one more time? The title is The Unplugged Alpha, The No Bullshit Guide to Winning with Women in Life. Man, that's all you need if I just had that book. That's it. Fucking life coach with a goddamn, like a misogynist life coach. That's what I need. <laughs> right. It's almost like having a book, here's how you raise kids and never make a mistake so they wind up perfect. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a for book no, about it. For yeah. $9.99. Yeah. Yeah, to fuck until she comes seven times. It's like super specific. <laughs> Lucky number seven. <laughs> She's in heaven. <laughs> like the, the the trouble here is that uh, Ignite International worldwide uh, <laughs> worldwide prestige prestige worldwide. Uh, it's not making money. And <laughs> you would Ign- think that like the CBD products are like with some kind of like protein or something mm. like that. Ignite managed to lose a reported $50 million in 2019, as Forbes first reported. Ooh. Now, the thing is, is that there's rumors. And there's no way to really know because you can't really tease this stuff out unless you get access to everything. But 
one of the guys was talking about, he was like, I'm in a place where he was like, I am surrounded by CBD products. And he was like, I've never seen somebody in the wild with one of these ignite things. Then there was talk about that Bilzerian's dad, who himself is like renounced his citizenship and lives in St. Kitts, is that he was the one that sort of like. That is what was my exact mm-hmm. thought is dad had to find a way to mm-hmm. spend the money that he pretty much was hiding the Launder, whole time. Basically. Yeah, yeah, launder the money yeah. through this shitty company. And- well, and they got tons of investors, too. They went public. Wow. They were public. They were publicly. Now here's the now here's the kicker too. This is another reason why a lot of people think his dad wasn't involved was because his dad has been booted forever from the from like New York Stock Exchange. Right? Mm-hmm. Cannot participate. Where do you think that this company was publicly traded? St. Kitts, Canada, Canada. Uh, oh, there you yeah, go. yeah. So three hours north. Yeah, yeah. Bilzerian. I don't can't put this shit together, dude. I don't think. <laughs> Maybe he can. I don't know. You know. But it definitely sounds like a scam. So. It's all an act. I'm really super smart, and I just use this as a facade. He's like, this fucking... I use this as a facade. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. all a facade, yeah. bitches. <laughs> He's like, this beer is actually hiding my second brain, bro. It's just, <laughs> just under my chin. I'd so, like to see him real drunk with, like, Big Mac sauce. Oh, I guarantee it happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind of, like, blacked out, having another party-induced stroke on yeah. the floor. <laughs> <laughs> he just pukes in his own beard, dude. Yeah, he's got fucking shit his pants with Big Mac yeah. sauce in his beard. He's Somebody go shorts. get an EpiPen. Dude. Insta, put it on the Insta. Yeah. Parted so fucking hard, I died a little bit. <laughs> just like 5%. <laughs> yeah, dude. I met Moses and shit. They had to put four paddles on my chest just to <laughs> yeah. fucking get me back to life. <laughs> Swole ass pecs. Do you have a show subject that you think would be a great fit for Asshole Court? Hit us up on any of our social media pages and let us know. As you know, we're full of good ideas, and some say full of other stuff. But we'd love to hear your ideas as well. Give us a shout, and maybe your subject will wind up in our courtroom. We'll definitely give you a shout out. Now, let's dive back into the courtroom. Uh, so yeah, it's not great. Like I said, especially if you're one of the fucking chodes who <laughs> is actually invest in fucking a goat. Though? Yeah, it is a goat fucker. <laughs> yeah, he said I build. The bridges. I build homes. He said, nobody calls me a bridge builder. Nobody calls me a home builder. He said, but you fuck one goat. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, like I said, it's, it's bad for everybody, especially the fucking chodes that invested in <laughs> Ignite International. Uh, so the triumvirate of Dan Bilzerian's alphaness is questionable at best. He was definitely not a seal and didn't really get all that close to being one. I mean, closer than me, but I'm not going around saying that I was pretty much a Navy seal, you know? He Twice. <laughs> he might be a decent poker player. I'm not going to argue that one way or another, but it's highly unlikely that he's made himself hundreds of millions of dollars with his skill set alone. And his current wealth is questionable, honestly. I mean, I could be wrong, but on the surface, it sure looks like he is in the late stages of his trust fund, has managed to hoodwink some investors into believing his pictures of models eating grapes out of his ball sack while he shoots a machine gun in the air is enough to drive a full-scale lifestyle brand in an oversaturated market. It's all starting to unwind, too. Yep. But beyond being like arguably being like fake on some level, Bilzerian is inarguably sometimes a total douche. Here's a couple of different instances where the douche power shined brighter than the sun on a rented yacht. Dude tried to trademark his own face. For real, he filled out an application to a trademark, quote, a portrait of Dan Bilzerian in a rectangular frame with the stylized word goat located in the bottom portion of the rectangular frame below. Ugh. Lame. And let's be honest. Bilzerian has made guns an extension of his personality, part of his super macho allure. Now, to be very clear here, I don't have any issues with responsible gun ownership. I've owned, shot, and been around guns for a lot of my life, and I'm not anti-gun here. 
but I am against people that think guns are like a lifestyle or an extension of their personality. Like, treat it for what it is, man. It's a tool. Like, imagine if people posted pics up all the time with, like, their screwdriver or hammer or socket wrench set or some shit. <laughs> it would seem absurd. But a picture with a smoking machine gun, a mile-wide grin, and a caption that says, happiness is a warm gun, like Bill Zarian has done, it's just fucking cringe, dude. Yeah. I'd like to see, like, a greasy mechanic in his garage with his shirt off. Yeah. With a new, like, craftsman stand-up yeah. tool set. <laughs> He's got, like, a fucking Punisher <laughs> skull on there on his fucking tool set. Yeah, bro. This is my new hydraulic lift. Yeah. Bloody knuckles is the idea of happiness. <laughs> I love raking them on a hot engine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. It's so fucking strange. At the end of the day, you're like, it's a tool, right? Anyways, uh, at one point he posted on social media that his biggest fear in life was someone breaking into his house and him not knowing which gun to shoot them with. Like, okay, Rambo, give me a fucking break, dude. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, what's your yeah. size? Yeah. All right, hold on. I don't know what hit him up with like this fucking AR, this other AR, <laughs> this AR with a different fucking clip on it, or like this 12-gauge I got, dude. In the meantime, he's been stabbed 14 times by the fucking the meth head that broke into his house. I mean, I can't say this enough, dude. A gun does not make you look tough or cool. Anyone with a working index finger can kill someone with it, you fucking douche. Doesn't mean shit. Doesn't make you a tough guy. Now, the other part is that he is most definitely not a responsible or respectful gun owner. Take this quote from professional poker player Jonathan Grotenstein about the time he visited Bilzerian's home. Quote, there are guns lying around casually in literally every room in his house. Before you walk in, his security guard takes you aside and warns you not to touch them because they're all chambered and loaded. Jesus Christ. He said, you look at the guns and you look at all these women coming and going and it's hard not to wonder how it's all going to end. Yeah, like what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, yeah. They're all just loaded and chambered. Yep. Don't touch. Yep. But fine, you know, he's reckless. And also, we didn't even talk about the fact that he literally got kicked out of school because he showed up uh, to his senior year with a fucking uh, M16. Oh, all right. Yeah. So he's, he's had a fucking hard-on for guns. He never outgrew the teenage boy, like, love of guns into, like, the respect of guns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I said, but that's fine. Whatever. He's reckless with deadly tools because he thinks it looks really cool. But he's probably, like, a total badass in a real-life combat situation because of all his gun practice and the SEAL training, right? The funny thing is that we actually got a chance to see how Bill Zarian would operate in a live fire situation because he was actually at the Las Vegas country concert in 2017 when Stephen Paddock opened fire from the Mandalay Bay and killed 60 people and wounded over 400 more. What did Bill Zarian do once the shooting started? Well, he live streamed it to his fans, of course. And in one portion, Bill Zarian said, saw a girl get fucking shot in the face right next to me. And fuck, this girl got shot in her fucking face, man. So fucking crazy. We were that close. <laughs> it was almost all. He would have been fucking lionized, too. There'd be so many Bilzerian tattoos right now. It'd be fucking ridiculous. So he's like running around in a cowboy hat and says, like, in another video after he's left the scene, so I had to go grab a gun. I'm fucking headed back. It's fucking so crazy. Some kind of mass shooting. Saw some girl get shot in the fucking face right next to me. Her brain's fucking hanging out, man. Now, this was like a traumatic event for everyone in attendance, and I certainly am not going to blame anyone for running to safety, even if they make their entire personality about the idea that they would run into danger with the only struggle being figuring out which gun to kill somebody with. But he did ultimately come back to the scene, and what he did next was just like so fucking embarrassing and immature and lame. It's just fucking lame, dude. In this video, as you hear the gunshots, and it sounds like a machine gun, pop, 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 pop. 
Bilzerian is running up and he has one of his assistants filming him, of course. And he runs up to a police, like a police officer who is, you know, like doing his fucking job. And he demands the officer give him a gun so that he can help out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He runs up behind his. Jesus Christ. He runs up behind the cement barricade and says to the cops, give me a gun. And the uh, the cop uh, is all like, hell yeah, fucking Bilzerian's here, everybody. We got this shit. And he hands him an extra machine gun. I'm kidding. The cop says, get the fuck away from me right now. <laughs> I can perform a citizen's arrest. Bilzerian then says something like, let me show you my creds. But the cop responds, I don't care. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Just look at my Instagram page real <laughs> yeah. quick. Bilzerian says, Jesus Christ, you want some help? The cop says, dude, you fucking know better than that. I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> Bilzerian pleads, I just showed you my creds. Cop says, that's fine. I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> End scene. <laughs> so it's just hilarious that Bilzerian was playing out the scene in his mind of being a hero. Not the hero that helped the girl shot in the head next to him, mind you, but the hero that shows up to the cop and tries to show the cop how to do their job better. <laughs> and it didn't happen that way. He made that cop's job harder than it already was. But even then, he still thought it looked heroic enough that he was okay with it being posted on social media. I probably wouldn't have posted that one, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's embarrassing. I would have probably admitted that for my feed. I watched it maybe 20 times. Because <laughs> I was honestly trying to suss out what they were saying so I could quote it properly. Because you can't... At first, I was like, what is he saying there? Then I heard it again. He was like... Let me show you my creds. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his phone out. Like. Yeah, it was insane, dude. Anyways, uh, that's Dan Big Balls Bilzerian. Final scores. Jesus. Randy, what you got, man? Oh, man. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I mean, honestly, he's a... Ah, fuck, man. I don't see myself wanting to hang out with this guy. No, right? not at we, all. We've done some show subjects in the past where you're like, eh, I wouldn't mind hanging out with that guy. It'd be kind of fun. Mm -hmm. I would feel so fucking out of place and awkward. Yeah. One, if I went to his fucking $65 million house mm -hmm. with models and guns and He's shit. not there anymore. Oh. He got the bootski. Oh, the really? Bootski. Yeah. And his neighbors were extremely pleased. Oh, I'm I sure. I can imagine. I'm sure. But that, like that's just so anti-Randy. Yeah, that yeah. whole lifestyle, yeah. like mm -hmm. all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it were up to me, I would wear like a golf shirt and shorts everywhere I went. Yep. My wife is awesome and beautiful, and I don't give a fuck about like hanging out with models and shit by a yeah. pool. Yeah. Um, guns are cool with me, but I don't fucking brandish AKs around my house. You don't want to drive a tank over a car and then post it up on the Insta? No. no. You don't want to shoot a fucking uh, I think it's machine a gun. I think it's a waste. I, I would of a drive car. a tank. Yeah. I mean, I would drive a a tank that sounds like fun it sounds like fun but not if it was over a good working car i'm fucking <laughs> i'm a very frugal man I, don't, I just don't see the value in running over a fucking a perfectly good car somebody else could drive and get to work and earn their money and all that i'd like to drive over dan bilzerian's car yeah that'd be, kind of that'd fun. be fun actually he's got that uh he does have that that, that shelby the little roadster i wouldn't drive over that thing's a piece of art pretty much so. oh yeah but like his his daily driver you right know? yeah like drive over that you know, but he is. He just sounds like a giant douchebag. Yeah. You know, the whole all these social media celebrities that make their money off of, you know, likes and followers yeah. and advertisements and all that. Again, like to your point, buddy, that's the world we live in now. Mm -hmm. I, I'm old school. Get the fuck off my lawn with that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It just fucking kind of grinds on me. These it's a lot of talentless fucks that yeah. just, you know, somehow catch catch one good viral video and then all of a sudden you're making you know 20 million dollars a year for doing nothing i would like when I, I was i got on the internet very early like i was so excited about the internet in like the early 90s mid 90s 
if I could go back now and be like, it's so much worse. <laughs> yeah. and there's so much, like there is a lot of great stuff. Where you're like, it's, it's really that double-edged sword thing is true, man. Yeah. The juice is not worth the squeeze, guys. <laughs> I mean, fuck. There's that kid Ryan that opens toys and makes twenty yeah. million dollars a year. Yeah. I mean, good yeah. god. And one of the biggest things, and I'm getting kind of off course here. The fucking people that play video games online and oh, yeah. people watch other people play video games. But my son they, loves it. My son yeah, my loves son it. loves that shit. Blows my it. fucking mind. When think about when we were kids and we were over at a guy's house that has a Sega Genesis you or whatever. Play. You want to fucking play. Yeah. You're fucking itching. There's only one controller or a one player game. You're like, God damn it, get done. Yeah. Just die so I can fucking get <laughs> my true. turn. You know what I mean? I don't know how that changed, but it, it is across the board kids. Love to watch videos. And the fucking guys doing the narration of the games. It's always, oh, 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 oh. You're just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, but at least Bill Zarian doesn't sound like he's that guy. No, he's in an adult version of that. Oh, look at my fucking yacht, bro. Look at my goddamn beard. all the time. I'm like, you're paying to fuck all the time. It's not that hard. It's also, like I said, it's the same thing with the gun. Like, if you have a trigger finger that works... Yeah, if you have like uh, ten thousand bucks, you can fuck a high end call girl, like yeah. a, a yeah. high end escort. They're attattractive, and, and they have, will do things. And if you have ten thousand bucks to fuck, you can probably buy a gun and shoot that too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. While that. you fuck, yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's not it's not that difficult. Now I'll give him props for like you know the dude's in great shape. Good yeah. for you. Okay. Oh yeah, no, he's in great shape, and you know again back with the poker stuff, he probably has made a lot of money playing poker yeah. against rich guys that don't know what they're doing and. Mm-hmm. Kudos to you, dude. Yeah, Kudos yeah, sure. to you. I'm not going to knock you for that, but I can knock you for being a giant publicized douchebag. Mm-hmm. So my final score for Dan Bilzerian is a 6.75. Okay. 6.75. All right. So uh, for me, you know, I, I, my theory when we first started the show was that we were going to find out that he was like a douchebag behind the scenes of all the movies that are of all the videos that he's making and um unfortunately uh, that didn't seem to come out mm-hmm. um it just seems like he lives more of a douchey lifestyle but mm-hmm. i mean to me that doesn't really make him an asshole uh i think that the stuff that kind of puts his number up for me is you know like just constantly lying trying to create this facade yeah. about you it's know decade bro <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh but yeah, that's uh, why lie you know, just don't go there, mm-hmm. you know, like just talk about like do shit and talk about yeah. that shit. Don't lie and try to make it. But I mean, I guess that's all part of the, the allure and all that stuff. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I, I, I don't like, you know, I, I support guns. I'm all for them, you know, but I don't like the over glorification of them or, you know, uh, like Mikey was talking about, like, you, you got to be responsible with all of that. And mm-hmm. if you're not going to or you're going to, like, just promote, like, well, he talks about, like, every there's a bunch of just loaded guns yeah. sitting around his house and security's like, hey, man, don't touch those shits because they might go off. You know, that I mean, that's just that's stupid. Yeah, that's irresponsible. Chambered is fucking crazy. That's yeah. Like, what I, are you expecting? Like, like terrorists to overrun your house at any moment? Well, then, Dude, yeah, even then he'd still struggle because I, I think I'm to shoot with. I might have <laughs> even told the story before in college. One time we were at a big block party. Yeah. yeah. And one of my friends uh, was and he's country boy, had mm. shotguns and guns, just a gun advocate or whatever. Yep. He's like, hey, come check out this pistol I got. We went back to his truck. He hands me the gun. It was unloaded mm-hmm. and not chambered. He puts it in my hand flat. My hand was flat. That gun was in my hand mm-hmm. and it went off. Yeah. It exactly. went off in my hand and there was yeah. no bullet in it. But had it been loaded and chambered, yeah. 
I would have either shot his truck or shot him or something, but shit can happen. And I'm actually surprised that we haven't heard stories about this, but then it's possible that this stuff has happened, but uh, he has NDAs and... Well, he's using it as a prop for his fucking life. He's he's trying to be a live-action G.I. Joe. Yeah, exactly. Check out all these... Every picture you see with him, he's either with these, like, 12 models or whatever... And again, they're all paid. Remember, there's nothing impressive about that. And if you're scoring tail like that, because like Pete Davidson, I'm impressed. Pete Davidson, <laughs> Pete Davidson, fucking everything that walks, dude. And like he's an ugly dude. He looks like Beetlejuice before he died. And then like <laughs> Bill Zarian, Bill Zarian is just like buying high end call girls and like take a picture of me. Not impressed. All your guns, not impressed. You have money. You bought them. Cool. You can shoot guns. You know, if I had the luxury of like, oh, cool, I'll go out in the desert and shoot a fucking car with a with a goddamn Barrett fifty caliber. Not impressed, dude. Not yeah. that impressed. Sounds like he has a bunch of fun stuff though. And like sure. you were talking about like the Star the, Wars gun set. The Star Wars gun set. The, Forty five thousand dollars. What the a seventy five thousand dollar uh uh paintball. Yeah, course yeah, yeah. on you know like that sounds like it'd probably you be could, fun. We can make that in a big field if yeah. you really get some. I wish I could have been the guy that was like seventy five thousand dollars to set up your yes. paintball <laughs> shit. You know, but it's, so but I mean like uh, he it sounds like he's a a pretty big liar and um a little bit of a douche. But to me, I mean like if you're choosing your business to be like trying to sell that lifestyle mm-hmm. and I mean you're footing the bill for it. You know what? I'm more power to you. He's not He's putting not the bill the for bill. it. That's right. The, company. the investors were yeah. getting their shit kicked in because they were, <laughs> hey, like, honestly, like, buyer beware. I get it. Like, you should honestly do some analysis on the company. That's why I never buy ever. Like, IPOs, fuck off, dude. Like, I right. touch Because I want to see, like, years of experience and also see their fucking balance sheet and their, like, earning statements. Like, to be like, I'm pretty sure Bill Zarian's got this under control. <laughs> Whatever. But either way, that's still, like, he's literally siphoning off their money and buying fucking Star Wars pistols with it, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, from everything that I've heard throughout the course of the episode, I haven't heard anything that really pushes the score any higher for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we look at people that are in that area... Yeah, you know, we had Billy McFarland at a 6.58, and, you know, I feel like they would be good for... I think Billy McFarland tries to be Dan Bilzerian, yeah. maybe a little bit. He's so. just the chubby Bilzerian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> My beard's not quite as good, dude. But I throw awesome parties just like yeah. him, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to leave Dan right where I started him off at, at a 6.5, right there in... Um, in that same territory as Billy McFarland. Yeah, so. I'm with you on that one. I think it's, both, those are both very good parallels. He is like if you uh, had Jake Paul and Billy McFarland fuck and make some sort of child and then fed them steroids. <laughs> um, so I will go in between. I, honestly, yeah, I think 6.5 is, is a pretty solid score for old Bilzo. Yeah. All right. With a 6.75 from Randy, a 6.5 from Buddy, and a 6.5 from Mikey, Dan Bilzarian's final asshole score is a 6.58. 6.58. He is the exact same score of asshole as Billy McFarlane <laughs> of Firefest hey. infamy. Well, that's hey. what's always great. It's like you'd see Billy McFarlane hanging out with Ja Rule. You always see Bilzerian hanging out with Steve Aoki. Oh, yeah. Oh, the DJ? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're throwing cakes at girls and aoki is like a fucking sniper with that cake though boy. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that dude is really you should like for real 
I don't even listen to his music or whatever, but I watched a video on YouTube of him throwing cakes at audience members, and I'm talking about he's hitting them at will from like 40 feet out. Now dude. we're yeah. talking like little Debbie cakes. No, no we're talking about like full cakes. birthday cakes, like full uh-huh. sheet cakes. The first into thing, the, the reason that I got into it was because somebody posted this video, and without context, it looks really bad because they're <laughs> hoisting up this kid in a wheelchair, and then the Aoki drops a fucking cake on this dude's face from probably about 50 feet out. I'm just like nails this kid in a wheelchair. And everybody goes nuts. Yeah, and I was like, what just happened, dude? (laughs) And then, like, I read about it, and, like, this is his thing. He throws cakes at people during his show, and that guy wanted to be caked. Uh. So that dude was like, hit me. He, like, called his shot. He was like, all right, I got you, wheelchair guy. Now, isn't his dad the uh, owner of Benihana's? Yeah, I think that's right. He went to prison, too, didn't he? Maybe so. I don't know. I believe so. Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Benihana's got in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Asshole Court. As always, go check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash AHC podcast. You got to put the full title in there because we are fucking explicit. explicit. That's right. Thank you guys for all your support. Keep hitting us up on Instagram and all of our social media platforms. Give us ideas for show. You two could get a shout out. Just give like us, Kate Theo. That's right. And give us a, a five-star review. Hit them five-star reviews. Everywhere. Spotify. Apple. Draw five stars on a piece of paper and mail it to your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and write AHC podcast AHC on podcast, there. Because you know she'd love to listen to this. She <laughs> loves Dan Bilzerian. <laughs> Be kind to one another, and we will see you next time on Asshole Court.